Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Foundational Skills in Life Sciences podcast. We discuss the skills that the life science scholars learn, use, and improve throughout the professional activities. Your benefit is expressed in my motto Learn the skills, enjoy academic life. I'm your host, Dr. Synaptologica. Synaptologica, or synaptology, is a study of synapses where a communication occurs between nerve cells. I'm a neuroscientist and a professor at a university in the United States. Part 2 Continuation of Discussion from the Previous Episode We are in a mini series about how we search for online information in life sciences. In the last episode, which was part 1, there were two sections. In section 1, we discussed two methods of searching for online information. 1 one method was a traditional search, and we called it the Google search in a broad sense. It included a typical Google search engine in a narrow sense. You type in words in a search box, and Google will show you a list of related web pages. The Google search in a broad sense also included search engines for scientific papers, such as Google Scholar and PubMed. You type in keywords in a search box, and the result will be a list of related papers. 1-2. Another method of online information search was to use generative AI tools such as ChatGPT. You type a context and a question or instructions. These together are called a prompt. Generative AI tools will give you a short summary or a long detailed report in response to your prompt. In section 2, we discussed a very practical situation in academia. This is a situation where a graduate student needs to show deep knowledge and deep thinking processes. It is a comprehensive examination in a graduate program. If you are the graduate student, you will present a proposal for a new research project. Several professors will ask you detailed questions about it, and you will want to address all of them. In preparation for the exam, you will look for high quality information online. I wanted to talk about a comprehensive exam because it will give you a solid idea that the online information search is very important. By the way, I have prepared an expanded list of key questions that I would ask in a comprehensive exam. In fact, those questions can be about any research proposal. It is a free resource for you. Please download it from synaptologica. dot com forward slash two. If you have not listened to the previous episode, please go to the same webpage and enjoy it beforehand. Again, the URL is synaptologica.com forward slash two. Let's start today's episode, which is part two. Section three How ChatGPT responded in my hands and in July of 2023. In section two, We talked about a comprehensive exam and the key questions that I would like to ask. You will need detailed online information to answer them. Then, may I ask you a question? Will you be able to answer them only by using searches based on generative AI tools? A more specific question would be Can we use only the generative AI tools to search for related papers? And to understand the details of actual experiments and the details of the thought processes behind the scientific activities? To address this very critical point, 
I asked multiple queries to ChatGPT and tested its responses. I'm going to show you three examples of how ChatGPT responded to my queries. I gave two prompts in each example. 3-1, example one of ChatGPT's responses. In the first example, I asked a scientific query. The first of the two prompts was this. What is the cellular mechanism of Alzheimer's disease? In response, ChatGPT gave a beautiful answer. By the way, in this episode, you do not have to know the details about Alzheimer's disease. There was an introduction with two sentences. Quote, the cellular mechanism of Alzheimer's disease involve various pathological changes in the brain. While the precise mechanisms are still being investigated, some key cellular processes are commonly associated with the disease. Close quote. This description is good. This introductory paragraph was followed by three paragraphs. The first paragraph was about an abnormal accumulation of a protein called beta-amyloid protein outside of neurons. The second paragraph was about an abnormal accumulation of a protein called tau inside neurons. And the third paragraph was about other mechanisms, such as inflammation and impaired synaptic functions. This description is good again. This was followed by a conclusion paragraph with two sentences. Quote, These cellular mechanisms interact and influence each other, leading to progressive neuronal damage and cognitive decline in Alzheimer's disease. It's important to note that the understanding of Alzheimer's disease cellular mechanisms is an active area of research, and ongoing studies continue to shed light on the complexities of the disease. Close quote. Overall, the response by ChatGPT was beautiful and organized well. Maybe it was a little superficial, but it was great for an answer provided in a few seconds. Then, the critical part. I gave the second prompt, add the related websites as the information source. ChatGPT gave a response in three sentences. Quote, as an AI language model, my responses are generated based on a mixture of licensed data data created by human trainers, and publicly available data. I don't have direct access to specific websites. Therefore, I cannot provide you with specific websites as sources for the causative mechanisms of Alzheimer's disease." Close quote. Then it added an interesting comment in two sentences. Quote, Scientists and researchers publish their findings in reputable scientific journals. To stay updated on the current scientific knowledge, I recommend referring to scientific research papers and websites of authoritative organizations in the field of neuroscience and Alzheimer's research." Close quote. Then it further added the examples of reputable scientific journals such as Nature, Science, and the Journal of Neuroscience, and reputable organizations such as Alzheimer's Association and the U.S. National Institute on Aging. So basically, ChatGPT can respond to a scientific question. But when asked about the detailed information source, it said to read papers and to go to the websites of reliable organizations. 3-2, example 2 of ChatGPT's responses. In the second example of my interaction with ChatGPT, I asked it to make a question set. Just to let you know, I did it out of curiosity for this episode. I do not have an intention of using the result as a real question set to students. 
if we want to use it in the future, it will definitely need extensive editing and extensive fact check. The first of the two prompts was, make a list of five questions of neuroscience at the molecular level. Those questions will be for graduate students in a neuroscience doctoral program. ChatGPT responded in a few seconds, quote, certainly, here is a list of five advanced questions in neuroscience at the molecular level, suitable for graduate students in a neuroscience doctoral program, close quote. It gave me five questions. I will not show them to you because we do not have to know the details here. And then it added a two-sentence ending statement. Quote, These questions delve into advanced topics in molecular neuroscience, reflecting the research interests and complexities studied at the graduate level. They highlight the current frontiers of molecular neuroscience research and provide opportunities for in-depth exploration and discovery. Close quote. Good response. Its output questions were a little broad and superficial for me. We will not be able to use them directly as the real test questions, but it could have been because my prompt was broad and not focused. But as a first pass, this response by ChatGPT was great for an answer provided in a few seconds. Then the critical part again. I gave the second prompt, add the answers to the five questions you just proposed, and also add a list of related websites as the information source. ChatGPT gave an answer to each question in a few seconds. There were a few wrong scientific facts from my expert viewpoint, but the descriptions may be acceptable as general-purpose descriptions, for example, for encyclopedia. They were adequate considering the quick speed in answering. If I were to use it, the answer would have served as a good starting draft, but of course, it will need to be edited extensively. Then ChatGPT added a comment in two sentences. Quote, I'm unable to provide specific websites as sources for the questions and answers you requested. It's always a good idea for graduate students in a neuroscience doctoral program to consult scientific research papers and academic resources to gather accurate and current information. Close quote. So again, ChatGPT could respond to my scientific prompt relatively well, but when asked about detailed information source, it recommended reading research papers and consulting other resources for accurate information. 3-3, example three of ChatGPT's responses. In the last example of my interaction with ChatGPT, I asked a few of my key comprehensive exam questions to ChatGPT. I hope you can now estimate what ChatGPT would say. Yes, as usual, its response to my first general query was very well organized and very well polished. The first paragraph was an overall introduction to the background information. The middle part was the core descriptions in response to the queries in multiple bullet points. And the last paragraph was a summary of the response. I like the beautiful structure. But the core descriptions, which are the most important part, included a few statements that were scientifically wrong from the expert's point of view. Then the critical part again. I entered a second prompt, show a list of source websites for your answer. The response was the same as in the previous two examples. ChatGPT said that it cannot provide specific websites as the information sources. It suggested us to read research papers and consult reliable resources for accurate information.
3-4, Summary of How ChatGPT Responded I would like to summarize the three examples of how ChatGPT responded to my prompts. Responses to most of my scientific queries were always very well structured and very easy to read. But when the queries were about some specific topic in life sciences, the responses tended to be superficial. I may have thought that way because I had much knowledge and experience with the specific topic. When I read the responses, I felt like I was reading an easy textbook or an encyclopedia. It was as if the content was written for general audience or for scientists whose expertise is outside a specific field of life sciences. The responses also contained some wrong statements from an advanced viewpoint. Our intention was to see if ChatGPT could replace traditional Google search when you need accurate, in-depth information in a specific field. For example, when you prepare for a comprehensive exam. What ChatGPT recommended us was to read scientific papers and to consult reliable online sources. Section 4. My answer to the question, is it still important to do traditional online search? My answer was yes. The responses of ChatGPT to my scientific queries and prompts were not so satisfactory. Such responses could be acceptable at the undergraduate level and below, but not at the graduate level and above. Then what method would I recommend to you as a graduate student when searching for online information? I would recommend the traditional online search as the main method. It would take time to do the traditional way but it is the safest and accurate way if it is done properly. The traditional search method will also train you to carefully read original statements in the literature and to learn many features at first hand. For example, you will be able to learn motivation behind the work, how the authors obtained data, how the authors expressed their results, what the authors' thought processes were, how they discussed their findings in a historical context, and what the authors suggested as the future direction. I think all these features are important for graduate students who want to do original and creative research in a specific field. Section 5. Can we use ChatGPT and other generative AI tools for online information search? I would like to add a few limiting conditions to my answer. My original answer was simple. Yes, the traditional online search is still important. To be accurate, though, the answer should be modified as, yes, the traditional online search turned out to be still important when I tested ChatGPT in my hands in life sciences and in July of 2023. To be fair to ChatGPT and other generative AI tools, I will admit that I'm a beginner with these AI tools. I'm sure I'm not a good user yet. There are at least five reasons why we can improve from my beginning level of usage. One, maybe I should have provided more prompts after a response from ChatGPT and repeated this process in multiple rounds. This way, I could have retrieved narrower and deeper responses. Two, furthermore, I should have refined my way of writing prompts. Refining prompts is called a prompt engineering. According to OpenAI, better prompts are known to lead to better responses. Three, 
Considering how the current version of ChatGPT was trained on the available data, it could have been inefficient to ask for websites of the source information in the first place. Along this line, OpenAI is developing an AI tool called WebGPT. It uses a text-based web browser and, quote, it is trained to cite its sources, close quote. We would like to see how it develops in the future. Four, I have used ChatGPT mainly, but I'm learning that Microsoft's Bing Chat and Google's Bard have different features. I'm sure there are many other tools available now, and I have not tested them at all. And five, all these tools will improve from now rapidly and drastically. So I'm hopeful that generative AI tools will help us in online search for life science information very much, very soon. Those tools are outstanding for many other purposes. Let's keep using them and let's keep learning their advantages and disadvantages. Section six, summary. Let's wrap up. We have discussed how we would search for life science information online. In the last episode, which was part one, we talked about two major methods, the traditional Google search and the search based on generative AI tools. I wanted you to get a solid idea about how important such online information is. To do that, we discussed the comprehensive exam in a doctoral program and the key questions that I would ask you. In today's episode, which is part two, we further talked about three examples of how ChatGPT responded to my prompts. The responses were well-rounded, but a little superficial. When I asked it to further show the information sources of the responses, it simply recommended us to read scientific papers and to visit reliable websites. Based on this experience, my conclusion is that it is best for us to use the traditional search method, mainly, at least for now. But we will keep an open eye on the rapidly evolving AI tools for online search and for more purposes. So in my view, using the traditional search method is one of the foundational skills in life sciences. It remains to be an important skill for managing the information input, even after the advent of generative AI tools. I have today's transcript in my webpage, synaptologica.com forward slash three. Please visit the webpage and enjoy. This is it for today. From the next episode, let's talk about more practical aspects of the Google search method. Now your actions. Please let me know if you want to have some topics discussed in my podcast, or if you have any questions or comments, send me an email at ideas at synaptologica.com. Again, my email address is ideas at synaptologica.com. Thank you for joining me in today's episode of Foundational Skills in Life Sciences. I am Dr. Synaptologica. I am looking forward to connecting with you again. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.